0: Welcome to the Times of Israel's daily briefing. Today is Monday, December 25th, day 80 to the war with Hamas. Amanda Borchel, Dan, here with our military reporter, Emmanuel Fabian. Hello, Manny, and uh, Merry Christmas for those who are observing.
1: Hi, Amanda, and Merry Christmas.
0: We will talk about the use of the Navy in the offensive in Gaza, increasing activity on Israel's northern border, the destruction of a tunnel complex, and the discovery of child-sized explosive suicide belts in a building near a school. All this and much more when we're back. The IDF announced this morning that the number of troops killed fighting in Gaza has risen to 156 with the additional deaths of two soldiers during battles in the northern Gaza Strip. This weekend saw 14 other casualties. Manny, to me, this seems like rather a lot. What is happening there?
1: Indeed, the number of casualties over the weekend was significantly higher than than other days uh, in the fighting. Uh, there were four deaths on uh, Friday, and another ten on uh, Saturday. Uh, although um, they are all in different uh, events, not all of them are the same. Um, and it's important that we recognize that there's a lot of different causes that really lead to uh, deaths of troops. Uh, we know that uh, one of the soldiers was killed, in a, for example, in a gun battle with Hamas in, uh, in the Gaza City area. Another two were involved in a battle and an explosive device was detonated against them and that killed two soldiers. Uh, Another two soldiers were killed by a roadside bomb uh, while they were driving through an area that was um, slightly more dangerous. Uh, And in one of the more significant uh, incidents was uh, five soldiers uh, of the combat engineering corps and uh, and a paramedic uh, were killed. Following a uh, an RPG or an anti-tank missile that was fired at their armored vehicle, and that is a an incident that needs to be further investigated of of how this armored vehicle was uh, not able to protect the soldiers. Uh, so we can see that it was just it just happened to be that on that day there were just several different deadly uh, incidents that that led to the deaths of soldiers. Um, not all of them in northern Gaza, some in southern Gaza, some in central Gaza. Uh, we are seeing a lot of heavy combat. Uh, in those last areas, especially in northern Gaza in the last Hamas strongholds, we're seeing heavier fighting there. And as things progress in southern Gaza and in central Gaza, um, the combat will be uh, be heavier as, as time goes on.
0: It sounds like what you're saying is that the deaths occurred throughout the whole Gaza Strip. And is it the fact that the IDF has spread more thin now that it's reaching many different locations or does that have nothing to do with it?
1: I think it's more that uh, Hamas is more bolstered in those last areas where the army hasn't reached. So in Gaza City, the last area is uh, the Darj and Tufakh neighborhoods of Gaza City. That's where one Hamas battalion remains. The other Hamas battalions in the area are uh, believed to be in an ineffective state. So what happens is many of these Hamas fighters from the other battalions fled to this last area and that's where they're holed up. the resistance is going to be much larger there. In southern Gaza, the the fighting there is intense because that is where uh, Israel believes Hamas leaders are, including Yahya Sinwar. So the closer Israel gets to these Hamas leaders, the more intensive the fighting is going. To, probably going to be because of the way Hamas is trying to protect their leaders. Uh, and in central Gaza, I think the fighting there is also going to be heavy because. Israel hasn't really touched that area yet it it launched the ground operation in northern Gaza it continued in southern Gaza now central Gaza's uh, been left pretty much alone so they've had the most time to prepare against the army and that's why uh, in central Gaza it may be much heavier fighting.
0: Thank you for those explanations. Now, Manny, since October seventh, the Israeli Navy has played a pretty significant role in the protection and the offensive in Gaza. And recently, it struck several Hamas cells that were identified near ground forces in the Gaza Strip. The IDF released some footage of the Navy shelling along the coast, and it said that it struck Hamas operatives that were hiding in buildings near the ground troops. So, I'm just imagining cannons fired from boats. Is that what's happening here?
1: It really is exactly that. I'd like to describe it as sort of the artillery of the sea. So it it essentially uh, is artillery units firing uh, shells, uh, firing um, heavy, uh, very big bullets uh, at the coastline. And they've actually played a very essential role in, in the ground operation. Whenever troops need to advance along the coast... Uh, and they have been, Uh, the Navy is there to provide cover, to provide that additional um, firepower. Uh, And it's been very useful in, in taking out buildings that are along the coast because the artillery units on the Israeli border are sort of unable to hit it from that side. They can't make the missiles go around. And calling in airstrikes is sometimes it takes a few minutes for an airstrike to be brought in and it's much easier for a boat to be patrolling along the coast at the exact same time as the ground forces are advancing and then they can uh, they can essentially just shell the buildings uh, on the coast and they can also um, identify threats for the ground forces. So as the troops are advancing, the Navy is able to see what's going on along the coast and they can spot Hamas fighters uh, and positions that they're in and be able to tell the troops what's, what, what is really going on. And we've seen, basically, the Navy providing very close support with uh, these missile boats and um, uh, also um, smaller uh, vessels, um, sort of these patrol vessels, which have just a, a smaller cannon on them. Um, but it has been very essential to the ground operation.
0: And what is Hamas's capability in the sea? We know that on October 7th, that was one
1: of the prongs that attacked Israel. What are they up to now? Hamas did have uh, naval uh, um, capabilities. Uh, They have these uh, rubber dinghies. they try to infiltrate into Israel with. They have divers. Uh, They also have these uh, underwater um, drones or submarines. They're sort of autonomous or remotely controlled. They are packed with explosive devices. There have been attempts by Hamas to use them, uh, not even just in the current world, but also in recent years they've tried to use them. Um, unsuccessfully and um, the army has actually, the navy specifically has captured some of these uh, devices that they've managed to foil and are investigating further and it's very interesting to to see um, the capabilities that Hamas had but at least during the war the uh, Hamas naval forces haven't really managed to carry anything out they did try, I think in the first week of the ground offensive they tried to launch an attack from Uh, from gaza at israel unsuccessfully the navy managed to foil that and many of the commanders of hamas's naval um, forces have actually been killed in israeli airstrikes and in and in uh, navy strikes as well Uh, they've managed to foil and, and and kill several of the commanders of the hamas naval forces
0: okay we'll go to a short break
1: You're listening to this
2: podcast, so I know you care about the war in Israel right now. And you've been reading the headlines, massacre in Gaza, genocide perpetrated by Hamas, no, by Israel. But if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know one thing, this stuff seems complicated. And honestly, no one can really just pick a side or decide an opinion without really learning, without really knowing what you're talking about. And that's where this podcast comes in. Check out Unpacking Israeli History, now in its sixth season. They have episodes with topics ranging from What is Hamas, anyway? To Whether Israel should ransom captured soldiers. And The History of Israel and its disengagement from Gaza in 2005. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise, and it helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. So, Educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: And we're back. Yesterday, you wrote a report that was headlined, the IDF raises tunnel after five hostages found dead, says Hamas headquarters under North Gaza crushed. So is this one of the tunnels that we've already discussed before? Or is this another,
1: an additional tunnel that was just revealed? We have not discussed this tunnel yet, uh, although we did report on the five bodies being brought back to Israel. Uh, We're talking about a warrant officer, Ziv Dado. Corporal uh, Nick Beiser, Sergeant Ron Sherman, and civilians uh, Ilya Soledano and Eden Zacharia. Uh, we reported that they had been brought back to Israel earlier this month. Uh, we did mention that some of them were found in a tunnel, but we weren't allowed to elaborate further. Now the army is revealing what exactly it found and where exactly it found these bodies of the hostages. And we're talking about one of the largest tunnels uh, found in Gaza. This was sort of a headquarters for Hamas's northern uh, northern Gaza uh, forces. Um, it was in the Jabalia area, specifically in the Jabalia uh, refugee camp. The army had intelligence of two bodies um, being held there in the area. And they began to search and they re- found these tunnel entrances. And after a very long operation of sort of scanning the tunnel and uh, fighting all the Hamas Uh, operatives in the area eventually soldiers entered this tunnel network and it was two levels um, as described by the army with an elevator going down and it goes down into this massive hall uh, this large command center the whole the whole tunnel network is around a square kilometer in size uh, so really huge Um, some of these branches of the tunnels uh, go underneath schools and a nearby hospital and one of the entrances specifically was um, uh, ended up at the um, at the home of the former head of the Hamas Northern Gaza Brigade, uh, Ahmed Randor. He was killed in an Israeli airstrike several weeks ago, but one of the tunnel entrances did actually uh, lead to his home. Uh, And basically in the tunnel the soldiers on December 13th found uh, the bodies of two uh, of two of the hostages of Dado and Zacharia and then three days later during scans of another area of the tunnel they found the other three uh three bodies and brought them back to israel uh the reason why the army is only now uh releasing this pu- publication is uh they've since destroyed the tunnel network and they've blown it up uh and there's no risk of hamas returning to it or using it or knowing that israeli soldiers are inside this tunnel and in uh operating there so that was really the the fear that if israel was to release where it exactly found these hostages then hamas would know that israel's is operating in these tunnels but now this this can be published because of the army destroying it and really this is another one of these huge tunnel networks we saw that on friday the army released uh, information of a large tunnel network underneath uh, sort of the southern part of gaza city near the al-quds hospital last week we saw the large tunnel that i was able to visit in rimal where all the senior Hamas officials had entrances to their tunnel network underneath. And there was another massive tunnel network, which we've talked about, that was wide enough for cars to drive through uh, near the Erez border crossing as well.
0: You said that this complex was about a kilometer squared. And just to give some uh, comparison, the old city of Jerusalem is about that. That's a massive amount of space.
1: Yeah, this is really one one of the largest ones that they've found so far. Not maybe the most complex. Uh, we've see- we saw the one under Rimal, which was very complex with elevators and and uh, connecting to dozens, at least twenty different buildings around the area. Uh, this one was just very big and uh, several dozen meters underground, very deep, like the other ones. And this served as sort of the headquarters for Hamas during the fighting.
0: Okay, let's turn our eyes to the north. And the IDF said it carried out wide-scale strikes against Hezbollah yesterday after barrages of rockets came from Lebanon and targeted multiple communities in northern Israel. What does
1: wide-scale mean in the scope of what has been going on
0: since basically October
1: 7th? I think what was interesting, what we saw um, yesterday with strikes, was Israel taking an initiative of sorts, uh, and it carried out these strikes early in the morning, first, before uh, before Hezbollah even carried out its first attacks. It came in response to previous days of attacks, of course, but it was um, a, 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 almost a preemptive strike. And the, the army hit multiple buildings, rocket launchers, and other infrastructure uh, belonging to Hezbollah um, in Lebanon. They were slightly more significant strikes than, than we've seen previously, uh, but at the same time Hezbollah has also been upping its attacks only slightly. I mean, we've seen them target uh, now directly and not even trying to hide it, uh, directly targeting civilian homes uh, in northern Israel. Previously, they've always tried to sort of whitewash it and say that they're targeting military infrastructure, Israeli military infrastructure that is, uh, but now they're just directly targeting civilian homes, publishing videos of them launching missiles at, at Israeli homes in communities along the border. So they are definitely upping their attacks. We've seen this continue um, overnight and this morning as well while we're talking. There has been more Israeli strikes against uh, against Hezbollah. Hezbollah has not yet claimed responsibility for an attack today, but Israel has been launching its strikes against uh, against Hezbollah sites. And we know that Uh, As of now, Hezbollah has named 125 members uh, killed during the back-and-forth fighting on the northern border, most of them in Lebanon, uh, but there are a handful also in Syria. There are also at least 16 terror operatives from Palestinian groups, such as Hamas and Islamic Jihad. There may be more. We don't know um, further. They haven't named any further. And there's also been some civilians uh, killed in uh, Lebanon during these um, cross-border fighting uh, Israel at least believes the number of Hezbollah members is much higher than they're announcing, uh, and they believe that Hezbollah's uh, hiding the the total uh, number of members of of its members that have been killed. Um, but this still has continued back and forth for a very long time uh, since basically October seventh, and uh, it does appear that both sides are ever so slightly upping it by just a small level, but it's not an all-out war yet.
0: You mentioned the Palestinian groups that are also along the border and are we seeing rockets flying from them as well or is Hezbollah taking all the credit
1: for what's happening? Hezbollah's taken most of the credit and also most of the blame. Hezbollah generally has been carrying out um, missile attacks using anti-tank guided missiles uh, as well as some rocket fire and when we see these larger barrages of rockets on the north those are generally the Palestinian groups carrying those out, uh, and Hezbollah doesn't claim responsibility for them, but we see ha- uh, Hamas in a statement, for example, saying that it fired those rockets, although Hezbollah recently i, I say has been carrying out similar attacks with with uh, rocket barrages. as far as Israel's concerned, Hezbollah is responsible for everything they're the ones enabling it. they control southern Lebanon essentially, uh, so they're the ones that have been been targeted in response. The army usually targets the, if it can uh, identify and target the actual cell that was that launched the rockets, it targets them and then later will also hit Hezbollah sites in response to the attack. Uh, so we've seen in such cases where Hamas members are killed because they were the ones launching the rockets and then Hezbollah sites are also attacked later in response to the attack. It doesn't matter if, if other groups are launching it, Hezbollah enables it is perfectly fine with it and is carrying out similar attacks itself.
0: I assume that it's the same thing in the Gaza Strip, whereas uh, Hamas is, of course, ruling the Strip. There are several other terrorist organizations there that also are launching rockets and and have hostages as well in Gaza. Let's turn back to Gaza. And yesterday, Israeli soldiers found a large cache of weapons used by Hamas in a building where civilians were sheltering in the northern part of the enclave, including explosive suicide belts adapted
1: for children. Tell us a little bit more about this. The army has been in northern Gaza as it as it basically has control over most of the areas now, carrying out uh, wide, widespread scans and searches of all the of all the buildings and to locate all the Hamas weaponry that have been left behind, all their tunnels, and uh, indeed in one of these buildings in northern Gaza, which was being used by civilians uh, to shelter, um, the troops found a large cache of weapons, uh, included hundreds of grenades, dozens of mortars, intelligence documents, and. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, an explosive belts and some of them adapted for children. They were, according to the army, a smaller size. They were able to fit uh, a child. We do know that Hamas has uh, child soldiers. We know that they've recruited children in their young teens uh, as well. Uh, So this isn't completely surprising, um, but it is definitely a, a very worrying find. The army has said Hamas has used suicide bombers against troops in Gaza during the fighting. Uh, Even Hamas and Islamic Jihad themselves have sort of uh, hinted that they're using suicide bombers as well. They haven't said explicitly, but they've said things along the line of martyrdom fighters and uh, published videos of uh, sort of a building exploding after a a Hamas fighter runs into it. So they haven't really said they're using suicide bombers, but they've hinted at it strongly. And this is not the only find that the army found yesterday as well. In another school in the um, Sheikh Wadwan neighborhood of Gaza City, again, where civilians were sheltering, uh, the army found a a much larger cache of of weapons, of assault rifles, grenades, explosive devices, after they had battled Hamas Hamas operatives in the area for control of the school. And the army also evacuated the civilians that were sheltering there uh there was not a small number of civilians also in this uh in this building alongside all these Hamas these Hamas operatives uh and it really just goes to show how deep uh deeply entrenched Hamas is within the civilian infrastructure of Gaza even in areas where Israel has most mostly has control we're still seeing uh groups of of Hamas members hiding uh within civilian shelters uh, with these large caches of weapons ready to be able to carry out further attacks against the army.
0: Really chilling. Manny, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Times of Israel's daily briefing. Please check out another installment tomorrow. This episode was produced by the Podwaves. If you have a comment or question about this episode or any others, please drop us an email at podcast at com. Until tomorrow, shalom.